Hey guys, it's Missing Out Monday, starting your week off right, telling you what we're into. Today we have a special guest on Missing Out Mondays, it's James Lutt Jr. That's right. What, 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 what? It's on fire, they're dying! <laughs> <laughs> they're they're <laughs> dead, they're coming James back Jr. to life and eating <laughs> <laughs> James, what are you into? <laughs> That's very 80s rap. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I, uh, it was very 80s rap. Um, okay, so I have, I have, actually, it's all television related. Okay. Nice. I've had a chance to, I don't watch a lot of television, but I had a chance to watch a lot of television recently. <laughs> well, one of these kind of weekends. And I came across some shows I'm in love with right now. Uh, I want to say first, it's a show called Alone Together. It's on Freeform. Oh, okay. I, I am aware of this show. I've not seen it. It is so... I can't even describe it to you fully to give you the full... Okay, so there's a show on FX um, called You're the Worst. Mm-hmm. It's, it's had three seasons of it. Chris Geary, Every Cash. It's a great show. Again, I couldn't explain it to you. It's the oddest show on earth. I loved it and love it. So I was looking for, looking for something quirky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alone Together, the two stars are actually friends in real life, and they produce and write the show. And they're platonic friends, like seriously platonic. They're in Los Angeles, go through pretentious Los Angeles, and comedy ensue. I mean, like it's just completely. They're in so many situations. It's so odd. You would think they should be together, yeah. But then you kind of realize they shouldn't be together. They're good as best friends. It's just, it's. I love the. I'm so hooked. I've actually tweeted at the at them. They've tweeted back to me. I was like, oh my god, I love this show so much. Oh. It's on Freeform called Alone Together. Two, here and now on HBO. It's okay. Alan Ball. Yeah. I love me six, six Feet Under. Yes. I'd love me some uh, American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's he puts out very interesting, subversive stuff. And Holly Hunter's one of the stars in it. And it's like, it's supernatural. It's mystery. It's comical. You'll see a lot of faces you know. It's it's just, it's just Sunday nights. It's so good. It's an hour long. It's so, so Alan Ball. <laughs> okay. Um, and my last one I wanted to mention, because I never thought I'd like this, the reboot of Dynasty. Really? It's on CW. Hmm. I was watching the real Dynasty when it came out Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. back in the 80s. Louis and Crystal and Alexis. But they announced this reboot, and it's set in Atlanta. So half the cast, it's all the same characters, mm-hmm. but half the cast is Latino or black. Nice. And it works. Like it can, cause Atlanta, I've been to Atlanta, of course, a lot of black folks there. It's very affluent black folks. But it works. This show is so good. They just and they just um, brought on Nicolette Sheridan, who's a soap legend from Desperate Housewives and Knots Landing. Um, she plays Alexis. I thought Joan Collins is the only Alexis on earth I could ever see. Nope, now I see the Alexis. <laughs> and so for a reboot, that's very tricky to have the same characters but played by different people and kind of doing the same storylines the first time around, but yet updating it. It could have went horribly wrong. No, it is. Must see television, and they moved it to Fridays, which scares me. But it got renewed for a second season. Nice. And it's on CW, which is not my network because I'm too old. <laughs> I mean, so, they're coming out with different stuff. They're trying. they're trying. Yeah, they're trying to. They're trying to hit all four of them quadrants, baby. They are. They are. Oh, but those yeah. are. Those are. But that right now, right now, TV right now. I'm, I'm seeing some really interesting stuff, and I'm loving the new Roseanne, by the way. Okay, you know what? You brought up Roseanne. I was not going to bring up Roseanne, but I've been watching the new Roseanne yes. as well. Can we just uh, just diverge for just a second? You guys, your show. Sure. <laughs> so, so I I have been watching the new Roseanne as well. I'm a big, big, big Roseanne Me too. fan. I Me love too. that show so Me much. Too. 
Um, so of course I was I was in the bag, but also a lot of people. Most of the conversation surrounding Roseanne yes. has to do with trying to reconcile Roseanne the show with yes. the very public and I guess we can say controversial yes. persona yes. of Roseanne Barr herself. Yes, does is any of that. Uh, do you feel that any of that is informing the way that you're relating to the new show as you're watching it? No, but it, what it did is it had me just kind of, okay, I'm really curious to see how she plays this out. But being a fan of the original, it made sense to me because she's from the Midwest and I have fans from the Midwest and know the Midwest. She's always represented the Midwest and the Midwest poor relations, basically. So I thought, okay, this is kind of realistic, and have Jackie as the one who's, you know, I mean, it all made sense to me. Yes. So it, just, it made me just kind of like, okay, I really want to see how she, how this plays out. I'm kind of upset with all the, well, I'm upset with liberals and conservatives. They're both giving her flack because either she's not doing enough Trump, or she hasn't, I mean, I feel like there's so much flack for the show that is unnecessary. To me, the show is really sharp, it's really funny, really poignant. There were, the second episode yes. had some moments oh that I thought God, was, yes. was absolutely wonderful with their uh, their their gender nonconforming grandson. Yes. yes, I thought, but it, but again, like people who were talking about the episode go like, okay, yeah, like uh, that was that was wonderful, and that was a great. Those those were moving sequences. Uh, short, shorthand, I guess. Uh, he he, the, their grandson, uh, Mar- Mark. No, Mark was the one of the boyfriends on the original. No, no, show. no, no son. Is no, his, son. Is his son his name Mark? Yes. Okay. Mark, yeah. Um. So he wants to dress in, in I guess yes. what they perceive as effeminate clothing. Yes. Um. And very colorful, very out there, and they try to dissuade him from doing so. Ultimately, not because like I was really concerned when Dan took issue with it. Yes. John Goodman. I was really petrified that it's like, all right, now Dan is older and he's got this weird yeah. bit of homophobia in him. Yeah. But when you find out, it's like, no, it's not. That's not why. I'm not ashamed of you. He talks about like I remember how the foreign exchange kid at my high school was treated, and I don't want you to be put through that. And and of course, the moment at the end of the episode where the kid is offered like it's like we know you want to dress this way, but here there's a t-shirt and jeans in your backpack if you need it. And the kid makes a choice. No, I'm not taking that with me. I'm gonna be who I am, and if they give me shit for it, so be it. And Dan gives his grandson the biggest hug and like holds in the the tears. The part that made me cry a little bit, them playing basketball. Yeah. And he makes a hoop. Yeah. So now we're showing you that just because he wants to dress like a girl, so I'm just I'm breaking it down just regular layman terms. But it's, it's much more John gender nonconforming stuff that you can still he can play basketball. He's still he's still who he is, right? Mm-hmm. And that and, was cl- to me that's classic Roseanne. Though. Yes, the the put the 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 boundary pushing Roseanne of always, and also DJ married the black girl he wouldn't kiss back in the old show. Yeah, so she has huh. a black. I have a black daughter. Interesting. So it's like it's like so to me Roseanne is doing what I mean. I Sarah Gilbert's one of the producers, of yes. course, she's lesbian in real life. And Whitney Cummings is a very funny comedian, is one of the producers. And Norm Macdonald is working and on Norm it. And Norm Macdonald. And so I mean, so they have, so they have a good team behind it. Um, but I was I was I was just I just maybe her Trump stuff, yeah, I said I can separate that because it's a TV show. And I'm just curious to see I was more curious than anything else to see how this is going to play out. And so yeah. far, the three episodes I've loved so far. Yeah, I, I did feel a little weird about that, her being so pro-spanking in the third episode, which does seem to run it runs seemingly counter to what I remember. Greg is like, welcome to the Roseanne show, folks. <laughs> like, when we talk about Roseanne for <laughs> an hour. <laughs> um, um, but, like, Roseanne and Jackie, right, it's part of the, the Roseanne canon, right, that they were abused, physically abused yes. as kids. Yes. And they, they, like, I thought Roseanne had a very... Right, there was that episode where she, like, she... Uh, spanks DJ or hits him or something yes. and then tearfully apologizes yes. and says she's right. never going to do it again. So that that aspect of yeah. the third episode sat but weird with me. But it made me laugh when she did dunk her under the water. I mean, I mean that, that was a serious one. She's like, you're an old, what's she saying, old fat hillbilly. 
Yes. And then he got really quiet. He was like, oh my God. And Roseanne's just so funny. And she called me old. I mean, I just, I mean it's just, to me, it's funny comedy. It's yeah, like, well, it's, and that's, that's the thing, right? It's like, I get, I totally get why some people are having, even the, the absolutely wonderful positive messaging in this ep- second episode, yeah. why people are saying, well, I have a bit of a hard time reconciling that message yeah. with the broader, with the policies that you by implication are directly supporting that that could hurt people like this. I see this argument and yet at the same time what complicates it for me is I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's really sharp. Mm -hmm. It's genuinely funny. Mm -hmm. Even when Roseanne gets a line in and her point of view is one that I very much disagree with, I still find myself laughing because it's a great line. It is. So I'm having a bit like I'm not I'm I'm still watching it. You know what I mean? Because like Roseanne is too I can't I can't just go no like I love that show too much. And I think this is. I think it's good. I well, think see, it's a they, good they, show. So, you know, they, they brought back, you know, Will and Grace too, and that was another one where Karen is a Trump supporter. Oh yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. But she's, remember, Karen's rich, and she never liked people. So to me, it made sense. It made sense that she's friends with. I'm doing air quotes. Friends with Donald Trump, Melania. That makes sense. Right. So I mean, the way I saw watching people create, well, this is a show about gays, and you can't. I'm like, but you don't get it. Karen's always been a little off kilter. That's her. That's her brand. So I'm like I. Anyway, my, both shows. I'm, I'm really excited to see how they can how they progress. Yeah, and yeah. and not for nothing. Like if Roseanne herself is absolutely not your cup of tea, then check it out for like Metcalf and Goodman. Oh my are, god! Are, yes, two of the great, in my opinion, two of the, the most genius screen performers. Even though Metcalf definitely prefers the stage, apparently yes. genius screen performers I mean, that there are. Under, I mean, under underrated. I mean, she, she won Emmys for her role, of course, but John Goodman very underrated. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's a great actor. I mean, he's he's really like, a great actor. I feel like it's a weird thing to say since John Goodman is almost so ubiquitous. Right. But I still feel like somehow he is vastly underrated yes, as an actor. That's so weird. That's All right. Weird. Anyway, we just talked for like, what, 20 years on Roseanne? Yeah, sorry. I mean, um, oh, yes. no, no. It's, but yes, that's I, fascinating. So, uh, <laughs> the, la- the last thing for me is just like, yeah, I, I have just so many complex thoughts and feelings yeah. while I'm watching it, but I am still watching it. Um, Which is life. Complex Complexity sometimes is good. Yeah. Yes. Why not? Um, okay, so since I spent most of what I assume was my time talking about Roseanne, <laughs> I'm going to just rattle through a couple of things really quickly. I had way more free time this past week than I intended to, so uh-huh. I actually made it out to the movie theater a few times. Oh. Uh, saw four movies this past week. Wow. Yeah, well, I got I got that movie pass, and I live oh, within walking too. distance of a movie theater, so I was like, I'm, I'm free. Let's yeah. go have fun. Um, four movies. In order, uh, I caught a screening of uh, past guest and friend of the show, Xander Robbins' debut feature, Are We Not Cats? I had seen a... Ru- so, ru- yeah, James, so if you and uh, other people listening are not familiar with uh, Are We Not Cats, it is essentially my buddy uh, we met in middle school, actually, started wow. to become friends in high school. Um, he, his first feature is a body horror romance about two people that compulsively eat hair. It's bonkers. It's weird. All right. It shouldn't work. Yeah. And it, and it does. Um, it's, and I had seen a cut of it a couple of years ago. This is a, a slightly, it felt to me like a slightly tighter version. He tweaked a couple of things, but it. Uh, it works. I had a really good time sitting and watching it in the theater, and the audience wasn't massive, but but there there were, I mean there was an audience, and like it was playing wow. well, and, like considering it it like was playing to the audience, and I was just sat there. I got to feel like proud of my buddy and shit. Yeah. And then in the in the in the credits, I got a I got a thank you credit, which I thought was really sweet. Oh. Um, um, wow. And I didn't I did not know that was there, so I thought I thought that was very sweet of him. Him and uh, another another uh, mutual old friend of ours. I, and I guess it's because like we we gave him input when he was when he was cutting wow. like after he showed his cuts. And he was like, yeah, we I said, I messaged him. I was like, I didn't know I had a, a thank you on your movie, dude. Thank you. That was really sweet. And he goes, 
guess you deserved it. And I was like, well, no, okay, okay. Sorry. But yes, uh, I don't know when exactly that's going to be on VOD, but uh, okay. I'm sure I'll like, I'll, I'll plug it for them on this show when I know, but when it's on VOD, check it out. It's super, it's super, super weird. But if you're even mildly intrigued by body horror romance about people who eat hair, this is absolutely the picture for you. Uh, uh, then I saw uh, Spielberg's Ready Player One. Oh, okay. Which I liked, did not love, okay. but there was stuff in it that I loved, okay. Okay. and I'm okay. not gonna. I, I, have you guys seen it? Not yet. I want to see it. No. Okay, so I'm not gonna. Good. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Um, but of course, you know, if you've seen the marketing, it's loaded with pop culture yes. Easter eggs from the past several decades, like the 1980s on, like heavy, big, overt references. And there are there are some Easter eggy things, some background things, some big foreground things, and entire sequences that were just candy to me, just absolute wow. magic candy. The movie itself was was fine. It's okay. okay. It's okay. I didn't I, I didn't love the movie necessarily, but there was so much in it that just made me cackle with glee mm-hmm. enough that I I can recommend it. I've never read the book. Uh, I've Got heard from people who have that that they managed to sand down a lot of the more problematic elements of the book. Okay. Okay. I cannot say having not read it. If you've read the book, please like, subscribe, rate us five stars, tell us how great we are in a comment, and then let let me know what they're referring to exactly. Got I think it. it has something to do with the love interest. Yeah. After that, saw Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs, which oh. I dug a great deal. That's another movie that some people are, are discussing uh, it, through the prism of some elements of it are perceived as problematic. Yeah, I, I do understand where a lot of people are coming from, okay. and I don't mean to I don't mean to minimize. I think that a lot of it boils down to we feel like uh, Japanese culture is being co opted. Yeah. Yes. Which, oh, it is. Yeah. Which I get. I do. I yeah. do get. Uh, and I can't, I can't say, ignore that, though, because, no, like, <laughs> like, that's an important conversation to have. I do think, I do think, despite those elements, yes, unfortunately, being present, I still think the movie is insanely effective. Okay. I think it is insanely well made. I think it is insanely well performed. I saw somebody say that, and they were like, I, I know, but go with me on this. Brian Cranston gives one of the best performances of his career as this dog. Okay. And like I, I ne- would not have necessarily made that leap by myself, but once I read it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, uh, Walter White and Chief, I guess. Uh, <laughs> okay. But uh, no, I liked it a great deal. I thought it was moving. I thought it was fun. I thought like if you're not a Wes Anderson fan at all, I don't think necessarily yeah. that this movie is gonna sway you. But if you are, I think there's a ton, a ton to really dig on here, even if. Yes, you may have to grapple with some slightly problematic elements after the fact. Okay. Quick uh, question. Yes. Is it purposeful that Isle of Dogs sounds like I love dogs? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. They don't they don't really hit that do on the head di- in the do movie. Do they dive into it? He's like, I'm in the Isle of Dogs, and they're like, You love dogs? And he's like, the, no, the Isle of Dogs. And he's like, I love dogs. That doesn't happen because... That's pretty funny. Because A... <laughs> That's pretty funny. Because okay. A, the dogs and the people don't talk the same language. They bark... All the barks are rendered in English. This is part. So this is part of what the... No, actually, this is part of what, the, what people find problematic about it. They make it a point to say on screen, all of the barks will be rendered in English, but uh, everyone speaking Japanese is speaking... Japanese and it's being interpreted either through an interpreter or through like a device of some kind. So, so one element that people are taking a bit of issue with is like Japanese cultures is, is so clearly like we're, we're taking all yeah. of these cultural signifiers, but you're actually keeping the Japanese characters in the story at a bit of a remove. 
which which I do think is interesting. Mm. Um, but but no, they don't get to have that wacky misunderstanding because the little boy only speaks Japanese. The dogs speak English, but they don't speak English. They only bark. Okay, interesting. <laughs> but but we hear it as English. It's very complicated. Got it. All right. Um, and then the final thing is... Uh, it's not fuck. worth it if it doesn't have no, that, that exchange. Just, fuck this. Yeah. Yes. Fuck this. Fuck Wes Anderson. And fuck you. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I liked it a good deal. Um, and then the, the other movie that I saw this past week was Armando Iannucci's The Death of Stalin, which I oh. wanted to check out. Armando Iannucci is the man behind The Thick of It, In the Loop, and Veep. Veep. I love Veep. And uh, this is his most recent movie. It is definitely his most mean-spirited comedy. Oh, okay. It is. It is about what happens to the people who are uh, running the Russian government directly under Joseph Stalin immediately following immediately in the aftermath of his death as they all scramble and backstab to try oh, and consolidate sure. as much power under themselves as they possibly can. It is it is dark. It is mean-spirited. It is ridiculous. It is hilarious. It is really hard not to think about what's happening here while you yes, watch it. Yes. Really difficult not to, and that's upsetting but yeah. it's it's insanely effective and oh good lord is it is it well performed i had no but the, uh, there's there's it's an ensemble yes. but i had no idea that the ostensible lead in this movie the actor that at least receives top billing is steve buscemi oh. i had no clue he's playing nikita khrushchev i had no clue he was even in the movie i had wow. not seen a trailer for it wow. i knew it was armando Iannucci. i had read some reviews yep. i was like all right i'm definitely gonna go see this didn't watch a trailer did not recognize buscemi on the poster wow. because he's wearing this like prosthetic khrushchev nose um wow. but it's him it's uh it's it's jeffrey tambor jason isaacs wow. is in it wow. um really great ensemble of actors it's so it is so ridiculous and and tips into dark farce and then becomes even more brain-boggling when you realize how many of the preposterous scenarios in the movie were pulled directly from reality sure for for real life spoilers just as an example there's this entire sequence where they find stalin who's had a severe stroke he's lying face down on the carpet in his office in a puddle of his own urine they're all standing around him they all feign like this desperate grief when they see him on the floor and then they leave him there on the floor for a good long while while they stand there trying to figure out how we can find a good doctor who he hasn't had jailed or killed. This is apparently something that really happened. Wow. That's bonkers. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. But anyway, go check go check those out. Those are all those are all real good. I'd say uh yeah, I'd say De Death of Stalin is the one that I keep thinking about the oh, most. Funny. Um but yes, all worth all worth checking out. All are if not the most revelatory experience you'll ever have at the cinema, definitely uh, a good time. Nice. Yeah. I'm into Final Space on TBS on Mondays. It's great. Mm -hmm. It gives gives me Rick and Morty vibes. Um, and I'm also into Legion. Season two just started. Um, I didn't Wednesdays. realize that it just started. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Wednesdays on FX. So good. Psychedelic. Have you caught up on season one? Season one is dope. Great. Watch it. Uh, okay. James is in, into what TV, so watch Legion. Isn't that what's what's his name from Downton Abbey? Is he in it? Uh, uh, Dan Smith or no? Dan Stevens. Dan, Dan Stevens. Stevens. Yeah. He was on Downton Abbey, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I know yeah. him originally from The Guest, the Adam Wingard movie. How oh, funny! I only know him as David <laughs> from this show. He's also and uh, also Beast. He's, yeah, he's the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. NYC Beauty and Beast. Yeah, okay. don't waste your time. Um, <laughs> That's I have, a, let, I have the, let the little wizard girl sing her song. Little wizard Ugh, girl. Fine. All right, go for it. 
Watch it. Have fun. It's not offensively terrible. It's oh, yeah. Wow, I, I like it's, that description. No, right. but it's not offensively. You know what? You know what like, I will it's say. Just boring. You know what I will say. I will say. Uh, Luke Evans unexpectedly acquits himself pretty excellently as Gaston. That's what. I, and not that I thought. I, not that I disliked Luke Evans. I just didn't know that that was his skill set. <laughs> I think he's good. Get, get out of here with your negative with your shit. Let go of your anger, Tari. <laughs> okay. For a candlestick. For a candlestick. Fuck <laughs> Beauty and the Beast and fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I love dogs. <laughs> I love dogs. <laughs> uh, so wait, what is what was the first thing? <laughs> It's a show. Find it on Mondays on TV. Anyway, this has been the longest missing out Monday ever. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Have a great week. (laughs) How long was that?